This episode of the Good and the Bad and the Geeky podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com forward slash goodbadgeeky. Audible.com, over 85,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. Warning! The podcast you're about to hear is very filthy. We say naughty words you would use as an adult anyway. It'll cause you not to eat your vegetables, and your mom generally thinks it's a bad idea. Any moment of the show that has any similarity to the history of any person living or dead, real or fictional, to real events are entirely unintentional and coincidental. Unless we're specifically noted otherwise in the cast and crew credits, all celebrity voices are impersonated, and news liberty has endorsed any aspect of the show. Hey everyone, welcome out to The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky. I'm Nick Nitro, uh, I'm your host with the most uh, on The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky, and with me is a very special guest because John and Nathan are not here, and it is uh, Bob Fresh from Bob's Boneyard Dork Trek, and he does the comic 41, he's our special guest today on the show. Hello everyone, welcome. I am very happy to be here. I'm very nervous to try to fill in for two people, but I will try my best. <laughs> Just have split personality disorder and I think you'll be fine. <laughs> I might I might be able to work something out. You know, I can I can fill in for one person, but filling in for two people, that's that's a lot of work. But you know what? I am professional and I'll do my best, Nick. I will not let you down, nor your listeners of Good the Bad the Geek. Well, I appreciate it very kindly. And uh and this is really cool because uh we initially had you on for episode one forty one to promote comic right. forty one and uh and around that time, you you told me privately that you guys were going to do a podcast, and now you guys have exploded on the scene on iTunes. You have Bob's Boneyard, Dork Trek. Was it Manny versus uh, Tories versus Zombies? Tories versus Zombies. That's correct. Right. And then my, and then my wife's. Um, oh, that's right. Get mommy a drink. Yes, her award nominated podcast. Unfortunately, she lost to Kevin Smith. With uh, <laughs> podcast, she lost to Kevin Smith for the podcast awards, but get mommy a drink. So yes, hey. we have four shows in the network, and we're just moving forward nicely. If you can, it, that, that, that to me is one of those things where it's like you're nominated in the same category with Kevin Smith. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. And I'm and I'm not gonna lie to you, Nick. I was a little jealous that we didn't get nominated and that her podcast did. I'm, I'm just gonna be honest with you. <laughs> oh man. Oh, that's funny. Well, yeah, that's got to create a little tension there. Well, the other thing, though, is I think, though, too, it, it was interesting, and, and the reason I'm bringing this up is uh, I read on your Twitter today that you woke up and you, your, your, your child hit you in the, in the face with a, with a measuring cup. That is correct. I was sleeping because, like, what, what normally happened is you're not married, are you, Nick? I'm not married, but John just had a kid, and that's why I thought it was funny that that, that happened to you. I was like, oh, man, that's got, stuff's got to be happening to John now. <laughs> what happened was I, some nights I sleep on the couch, not because Stephanie's mad at me, because Sophie sleeps in bed with us. That's our daughter. She's 14 months old. She's awesome. She's the best kid in the whole wide world, but she sleeps in bed. And she has a habit sometimes of sleeping, you know, like, I guess, horizontally. So there's really nowhere for me to go, and I don't want to disturb her. So I'll just sleep on the couch. So I'll sleep on the couch, 
And then what I'll do is when everybody wakes up, I'll go back into the bedroom and grab like an extra hour or two hours worth of sleep. So I'm going back in there and I'm doing that. And um, Sophie had kind of wandered into the bedroom and she climbs up on the bed, which she does frequently. You know what I mean? There's times where she wakes me up in like a sweet fashion. So she sits down on the bed next to me and she's kind of hugging my neck and stuff. And she's putting her face on my face. And I was like, oh, you know, this is what parenting is all about. This, this is this is the beauty of fatherhood, you know. Yeah, definitely. So, so I'm just I'm just laying there. I'm like, hi, Sophie. How are you this morning? And then she she hit me in the head with like a plastic bottle, like a, you know, like like a milk bottle that she would drink out of. Oh, and I was like, man. well, that's silly. How did she get the bottle up here? That's very strange. So I kind of closed my eyes again. I was like, oh, I love you, Sophie. And then all of a sudden, just whack! I mean, <laughs> she hit me right in the right in the eye. With oh god! Like a glass measuring cup. This thing has to weigh like Stephanie. What would you say? Like maybe I'd say I wouldn't say two pounds, but it's a pretty heavy <laughs> measuring cup. And she just clocked me right in the face with it. Oh god! It's one, the, it's one of those Pyrex measuring cups. This big glass cup, and she hit me in the head with it. And I'm like, holy shit! What the fuck is going on? <laughs> I mean, I didn't, all the only thing I said was, God damn it! You know what I mean? And then I got out of bed, and then she cut me. Like I was bleeding. She hit me so hard in the face. I was bleeding. Oh, was, my God. It was a, but, I mean, that's the trappings of parenthood. It was cute. It was fun. I didn't mind too well, much, you know? Well, have, uh, do you ever watch Scrubs? Uh, you know what? I'm not going to lie to you, Nick. I hate that show more than anything in the entire world. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. You're honest. I Honesty, I, I like that. I, I, I like can't. That. I, I don't like Scrubs. It's just stupid. I. No. It might be because I don't like it. It might be because my wife thinks the guy is cute. I don't know why, but I just, I just hate oh, that no. show. Well, there's an interesting thing on there, which is, I, I, I don't know, uh, I you know, therapy session here. I, when I, because I'm, I am a, I'm not so much anymore, but I, I was a very big guy. Kids would like, you know, a uh, little, you know, out of the mouth of babes, you know, they just say whatever's on their mind, which is, Hey, look at the fat ass guy over there. <laughs> and, you know, you know, and you just, you're really cool about it. Cause you don't want to say you shut the fuck up, you know, or we well, learn some goddamn manners, mouth babes, my ass. Anyway, I, you know, it, it a little hurts, so I just don't, I just try not to hang out with little kids, and, you know, or it got to the point where after so many years, you know, I guess we became a Grinch about it. I was like, ooh, kids, or I don't like kids. And then I went and saw John's kid, and I, I held it, and I was just like, and it's a joke in Scrubs that bring this up. is like everyone says they hate kids until they hold a baby, and they go, oh, look at the baby, and then they, was- and then they want a kid. And I did, that's the, exactly what happened to me. I held Claire in my arms, I was like, God damn it, I sort of want a kid. Yeah, well, you know, then I have a podcast for you. It's called Get Mommy a Drink. You can listen to that podcast and experience parenthood <laughs> through, through my wife and Sarah's own special eyes. It's a lot of fun. Parenthood, it does. It, it, it's a lot of fun, but then at the same time, too, it's got its kind of, like, moments where you're just, oh, my God, I could use, like, ten minutes. You know what I mean? So, oh, But it's a lot of fun. I dig it. Now, that was, that was, uh, was Sophie, like, off in terms of her sleeping schedule, or did it take you guys a while to get her on a normal sleeping schedule? Or uh, Nick, I'm not going to lie to you. I sleep fine. No. So my, my, my wife, on the other hand, she, she doesn't sleep as much. But, I, I, you know, I sleep fine. Yeah, because that was one of those things. I was like, hey, John, how's it going? It'd be a text. And he's like, uh, I'm doing really good. I'm actually sleeping. And I just now, now that you're saying that, I just never thought, oh, yeah, how's Amanda sleep? His wife's sleeping. Yeah, yeah I shouldn't, I didn't ask that. It's the mommy. The mommies get all the, the, the tough, the tough duties, but that's why they're mommies, you know? Oh, yeah, totally, man. Um, oh, uh, I didn't say we were going to prod this, but I just thought this. What did you think of the death of Spider-Man? Oh, uh, see, uh, uh, the death of Spider-Man. Because I know you weren't digging it. You were telling me, you know, it's not, uh, so far it's not panning up the way I'd like it to. 
And uh, I, I read the prelude, and I agree with you. The prelude was horrible. But Ultimate, the- Ultimate Spider-Man was one of my favorite comics yeah. that, that Marvel was doing. I mean, either in the regular U or... It was one of my favorite comics in general. I thought Ultimate Spider-Man was just fantastic. And then, I don't know if you remember the event that they had a couple years ago, but they had Ultimatum. Yeah, that sucked. Yes, they had Ultimatum, but one of the... I guess one of the ideas of Ultimatum was that Spider-Man was going to come up missing. So Ultimatum happened, Spider-Man's gone, and then I guess J. J. Jonah Jameson wrote the the epilogue of Spider-Man. He wrote this how he's a real hero and we really should appreciate him and blah, 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 blah. I was like, wow, that's a really cool way because you didn't know if he was coming or going. You thought the book was over. Right. I I thought the book was over. And then lo and behold, like three months later, they relaunch it with number one, and it's three ninety nine an issue now. Jesus. So they so they run this thing for I think it was like fourteen issues until the number got up to one fifty. Then they then they switched back to one fifty, and then they killed him. If you're going to kill Spider Man, why not just do it after Ultimatum? Right. Because it was the perfect time. I mean, the entire. I mean, they were kind of cleaning house in the Marvel Ultimate Universe. I mean, they brought out. I mean, they they kind of wiped out so many dudes. Spider-Man was gone. I mean, you did this whole nice kind of touching moment where, you know, Jonah Jameson breaks down and says, like, no, you know, here I am. I was wrong all these years. Spider-Man's a hero, blah, blah, blah. Why not end the book there? But then they kind of wait 14 issues, and then uh, I was just aggravated. I haven't touched it. I haven't – I have not touched that book. I, it's just – and it doesn't have anything to do with the fact that, you know – Spider-Man's like a black Puerto Rican kid and he might be gay. You know? <laughs> but I'm serious. It's got nothing to do with any of that stuff. It's just the fact that if you're going to kill him, kill him where it makes sense in the story. story yeah. So, I don't know. No. Uh, well, I, I guess it's one of those things where in terms of uh, the actual – because I, I just buy the hardcovers. In terms of the books, I don't buy the actual issue per issue. And I know that you, you've been you've been buying an issue per issue, haven't you? Yes. Well, I, I caught up initially like – I, I got an Ultimate Spider-Man late, but I read every trade, and then I got up to the point where I was buying issue by issue, and I was buying issue by issue. And then, like I said, the after the Ultimatum thing, I was like, I don't know, and I was still buying it, and I was still reading it, and then I was like, this is just kind of, uh. yeah. And then, and then I don't know if, how far are you? Did you how far are you in the Ultimate Spider-Man series? Like, well, where are you in the book? Well, in terms of, well, I jumped ahead when, to, when Death of Spider-Man was happening. I jumped ahead because I would do one of those things where uh, I know this is probably bad, and the, uh, the guy, any comic book store owner, probably goes, "We do not. I mean, we appreciate your business, but when you do it, lives way we don't like it." Which is, I would get my books i would get like amazing spider-man and whatever else i would get and but i went with ultimate because i know he's gonna die i'm like sort of like skimming the issue but really reading it you know mm-hmm. so i don't have to buy it because again i've heard from <laughs> multiple people like you including and from other people who loved the book beforehand just saying yeah it's not as not as good and the part i got up to before i in the trades that i own is i think volume and hardcover volume nine or ten which is right before the clone saga okay um and so, I, I mean, I'm, I am I, I love the Ultimate Series up to that point. And then, you know, when I'm reading the prelude, I'm like, man, this is just moving, like, way too fast. It, it feels yeah. like it's and, – and, you know, uh, Bendis doesn't work well when he works – when he's trying to do something very fast. He likes to draw it out and really tell a good story. And I, I will say I thought the final dialogue that before Peter died I thought was fantastic. I, I thought if that's how he's going to die and that's his last words, that is what I want to hear. But it felt way too – Wham, bam, bam, quick. Ed, but, yeah. But, I don't know, man. Like, I'm just trying to... I'm doing my... I'm actually in this kind of comic funk right now. I like, get not a funk, per se, but 
I'm staying away from certain writers at the moment. Like I'm not reading any Bendis books. I'm not reading any any John's books because I, I just think they have too much control over the universes they kind of they write yes. in. Where I mean, Bendis is at this point now. I mean, I was reading the previews and his Storm's going to be an Avenger soon. And, and I, I really think that Brian Michael Bendis's eventual goal at Marvel is to write every character in the Marvel universe <laughs> and it's, and I'm just trying to and I'm just doing my best to kind of stay away from it so I'm there I'm the books I'm reading are kind of few and far between at the moment like the new 52 stuff yeah. I read the Batman book because I really like um, Scott Schneider um, OMAC is awesome I, if you're not reading OMAC read OMAC it is brilliant it's just a lot of fun it's a cool book uh-huh. and and uh, I'm 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 trying to read Green Arrow, but I'm just not into it. It's just, it's just not very good. Well, I, I heard now. I mean, because you, you fell a little bit, but you, you see, I, I appreciate your opinion on comics a little bit more than other Marvel fans because, again, I'm more Marvel biased, and you do both Marvel and DC, which I appreciate. Oh, thank um, you. <laughs> well, no, well, no. I mean, I, 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 I don't know. Like, I've, I, I always had this problem. I think that Marvel fanboys tend to have with DC, which is we love some of the characters, not a problem at all, but. And it's a problem that DC they, they openly have. That's why they rebooted the whole universe continuity. You know they yeah. and, and now Marvel dangerously goes down that path and says, yeah, but everything we're still doing in the main in the main books is still going on. It's just we have other universes we create for people who do like the DC stuff. You know, with no continuity like Ultimate and was it uh, Marvel Zombies and shit like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but, I mean, the Marvel Zombies when it first came out was awesome. I mean, they were really good books. Yeah, and then it just became overkill. Just like. Let's kill everybody and make them zombies in a zombie world of zombies. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's kind of it's, it's wacky. Yeah, but the DC-52, what do you think of that? I mean, do you like DC-52 so far? I mean, because I've heard some of your thoughts, but, like, I remember hearing you, you talk about Batman and how... Because I was really pumped about that, too. They created that. Was it Batman Incorporated? Yes, they did. And then they, they just they shadow over that entire concept by just rebooting <laughs> everything just because it's... Yeah, and, yeah, I'm just like, well, that... That doesn't make any sense. Like, why start something an awesome idea of a story and then just, I, I don't know, that frustrates me. Well, see, the weird part about uh, 52 is they're re- they rebooted every book. Every, every DC Universe book has been rebooted except Batman and Green Lantern. What? So, yeah, so if you read Batman, that's where Batwing comes from, the black Batman in Africa, because he was in uh, Batman Incorporated. Batman Incorporated is going to re- it's going to come back out in a couple months. Oh, and, nice. Yes, and okay. um, and the thing is, uh, Damian Wayne is still Robin. Okay. So that's that's uh, Grant Morrison continuity, and it's just it's just so they just kind of picked and choose like what they were going to erase and what they were going to keep, and it was just kind of strange. I didn't really I didn't really get it, but I mean. It's just a ploy to sell books, man. If that's what they want to do, that's cool. Some of it's kind of goofy because it's not written for me as a comic fan. It's not written for you either. They they, they want to try to get people that have never read comics before that can sit down and go, ooh, a Batman book. And and the Detective Comics Batman book is kind of guilty of that. Is it an okay story? Yeah, Tony Daniels is is doing a good job, but he's doing everything you expect Batman to do. Like when you open the book, like... There he is standing on top of a building, and here and, and here he is, and here he is in the Batmobile, and now he's swinging through the skies, and here he is talking to Alfred, and it's just everything you expect Batman to do. It's they're not really trying to break any new ground, they're not introducing any any new villains, nothing. It's it's just very like, hey, 
if you want to read comics, now's the perfect time to jump on board. Check out all these cool number ones. And it's just, it's just some of it's just kind of goofy. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I, that makes me feel a little bit better about Batman, just because again, it's one of those things where I was like. And the reason why I thought they did it was just because freaking uh, they they lost the rights to Superman in terms of the or some of the origin stuff. Yeah. And and you know what's the best way to just recon out of his? Well, let's just reboot him. But oh wait, that sort of ties into other you know origins and stuff. Well, let's reboot everybody. And it's like no oh, no no, just pay the family what they want and keep the right. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, again, it's all business. Which yeah. It is and it sucks. But I mean you know it's also sad too because Marvel ran into the same problem with. You know, I'm not an X-Men guy at, to any stretch of the imagination, but it's just sad to me that I'll never see Nightcrawler in another book ever again unless they pay through the nose, which they should, because Nightcrawler's an awesome character. Wait a minute, that's why they killed off Nightcrawler? Mm-hmm, yeah, because uh, the family, I guess the, the creator, I think it's Len Wine, I can't remember the guy's name, but the dude that created Nightcrawler, his family sued for the rights and oh they won, God. so that's why wow. Nightcrawler's gone. I Now, see, I did not know that, and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. that's... That's depressing because Nightcrawler was badass. Yep, and, and that's why uh, Marvel keeps the idea of uh, what uh, Mister Mister Marvel is it not Mister Marvel? What's his name? Um, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. That's why Marvel kind of rolls the Captain Marvel out every couple of years because if they don't, they lose the rights back to DC. Yeah, because I remember that was his big thing was he surprisingly came out during Civil War like, oh hey, it's Captain Marvel, but is it really? We don't know until the end of Civil War. Find out. And it's like, I'm in the neutral zone, or whatever the hell it is. Maybe I'm confusing Star Trek <laughs> yeah, 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 and, and, yeah, but... Um, well, I, one of the things that uh, I, I wanted to at least bring up is just because I found it, again, it's like a year or two old, but it, it's called An Idiot in a, an idiot Abroad. Have you ever heard of that before? With uh, Ricky Gervais, Stephen Merchant, and Carl Pickerington? I've never heard of it. I've never heard of it. It is, it is pretty much, if you ever get a chance... Uh, YouTube, the, sh- the Ricky Gervais show, it's pretty much, they take the Ricky Gervais podcast and they just add animation to it. And uh, Carl Pickerington is literally, he's a smart guy when it comes to TV and, and movie stuff in terms of how to shoot radio, and uh, not shoot radio, shoot television, uh, produce radio programs. But when it comes to anything else, the guy is an idiot. He literally <laughs> is an idiot. Like, they go, uh, they go, go ahead, Carl, tell us. Like, in the, the eighth episode, they do, like, a recap of all seven episodes and what he thinks now, learning from everything. It's like, go ahead and tell us what you told us when we were doing, getting makeup done, Carl. Well, tell us about what? He's like, yeah, tell us what you told us about the bananas. Oh, yeah, if you eat six more bananas, you, you die. <laughs> and, he, and they're like, why, why do you think that, Carl? Well, you know, uh, it, it's the, too much potassium. I read that somewhere, that too much potassium out of six bananas will instantly kill you. And that's why they only put six bananas in a bowl. <laughs> And it's really like, it's just like they ran out of bananas. It's not that, you know, and the worst, you know, and they're all saying, like, the worst it does is the potassium is just binding you up so you can't shit or anything. It doesn't <laughs> kill you unless you have, like, a potassium to fit, you know, over, overload. And he he, fought, he fights tooth and nail, like, when, and they actually have him read stuff in a diary, write stuff in a diary, and they read it on That's the awesome. show. And, it, like, one of the things is, like, uh, yeah, this week, uh, me, and, me and my wife talked about going down to South America and what's it like down there? I don't know how animals can breathe because the weight of the world is on their shoulders. <laughs> and it's like, what? It's like, yeah, the world, they're on the bottom of the world, so they have to hold up the rest of the earth. And it's like, what? No, science clearly said, yeah, it's just stupid stuff like that. So they literally have them go to the seven wonders of the world, like Mount Picchu, the, um, uh, the Taj Mahal, all these different places. And they make them go through hell. So you can for for your own amusement, and some of it's sort of funny. Other, it's just like, well, I sort of feel for the guy, 
But, you know, I, it's just bizarre. Like, they have toilets on the ground where you have to squat. There is no stall. There is no toilet paper. None of that. Ugh. No, I yeah, don't... exactly. That's what I was saying. Because I mean, he's like going, I can't do this. And that's why I'm going, like, yeah, I can't pop a squat and poo unless I'm in the woods. And this isn't like, there's no stall door either. It's funny that, you know, he's doing all this crazy stuff and we both are grossed out by the fact that he has to poop in a hole. <laughs> I know, right? Just, Ooh, that's disgusting. Like, oh, my God. Oh. That just that just kind of shows the, I guess, audacity and the, um, I don't know, the advancement of, you know, American Western culture. It's like, ew, he's got to poop in a hole? It's gross. I know. Well, uh, I, re- I remember, like, he, he the, he's in China at one point and he's sitting there and he's eating. They, they, they make him, you know, the Americanized version of Chinese food, which is like, was it General Tso's? And then yeah. there's his bus driver is actually eating real Chinese food. Like, and he's like plowing it down like, like you know how anime characters do that? Nom, 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 nom. Mm-hmm. And they're done. Yeah. He's fitting the cliche. This guy is like literally sucking down noodles like it's nobody's business. And he keeps looking at us like, am I in a goddamn eating contest? What's, what the <laughs> fuck's going on? I don't know. Why is he eating so fast? You know, we have an hour to kill, and I don't I don't like what these they want me to do. So why why is he going? And then, like, for dessert, they eat, like, raw egg embryos. Ugh. Yeah, and so they're like, what? And it's disgusting. It is a little disgusting. So, again, you feel for him a little bit, but, like, sometimes, like, he just freaks out over, over stupid shit. Like, they sent him up to a, uh, uh, oh, my God, what is it? To Machu Picchu, instead of just dropping off there, they want to torture him. So they, they send him to this village that is run by cannibals. Oh, wow. So, you know, and the cannibals have agreed not to eat Carl. Well, that's nice. What, right, you know. But uh, Carl doesn't know that. <laughs> so oh, That's really funny. So Carl is sort of freaking out, not knowing what to do. And also they, they go, well, we'll make you one of the tribe. And so they and he doesn't understand them and vice versa. So they get him all dressed up in makeup and have him, like, throw a spear. And he can't fucking throw a spear right. And so, <laughs> and matter of fact, he goes, like, yeah, it was really embarrassing. After 20 minutes, they, like, one or two people, like, you know, were there with me. Everyone else left. They were ashamed of me. And I'm like, that's right, because you can't throw a goddamn spear. How hard is that to throw, you know, you know, throw it down, kill the animal, you're good. But I just thought that was weird because I, I've traveled to, uh, to Spain, and, and it, I never, I didn't think it was that bad. And we went to some pretty neat places and stuff like that. I mean, have you ever traveled overseas or anything like that? Or As far overseas as I've gone is I've been to Jamaica and I've been to St. Lucia in the Caribbean. Well, but was there? But again, like that 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 place that that it's very you know it feels like it, as you were saying in terms of American you know American culture it felt very civilized you know you're not like pooping without a doll store or yeah bath- screw that yeah and you're not pooping in the woods and there's no cannibals nearby I mean the worst there might be some gangbangers or something smelling selling weed but that's uh. that's pretty much you know and again that happens here so there's no oh, really totally. yeah so it's not you know. I don't know. I just thought that was just really bizarre, really bizarre that he did that. And he even and apparently the whole title of the show was called, I believe, something like uh, Carl Pinkerton's Wonders of the World. And in the last episode, it shows him getting the phone call, going, "We're going to call it an idiot abroad." But I'm not an idiot. Well, you sort of are, Carl. No, I'm not. I'm really not an idiot. I don't. And he's he's getting pissed, and so it's it's, it's really funny. Everything Ricky Gervais does is fine by me like i don't the guy to me is just he's so funny and so crude and so obnoxious but he just does it with such class i can't he does. i can't i can't disagree with anything ricky gervais does the only thing that i will say and i might catch hell for this is oh. i like american office better than uh than than british office. oh no not at all i mean well i some people yeah you might catch hell with that i'm one of those people that 
in terms of story, because again, The Office it only had what fourteen episodes. Yes, it has yes. a better, more contained story. But I do like the U.S. Office way better. Um, I do now. Do you think the U.S. Office should end? See, I don't know. It's like my wife and I watch The Office religiously, and I mean, it's just. I think James Spader's doing a fantastic job mm-hmm. on the show. Like he's so awkward and kind of creepy and, Robert, and very funny Alabama. in his own way. But I just feel like I'm just waiting for Michael Scott to show up. Like that's what I feel like. It's like there's a substitute teacher there, and I guess with time that'll pass. But I think the show has been, you know, as funny as it was when he was there. I, I just, I just, Michael Scott is just such a lovable character on so many levels that. You miss him. But I think the show is doing a good job without him. I think, I mean, I love Nard Dog. I mean, I like, <laughs> I, I, I like the the addition of, um, I, like I said, James Spader's Robert California has been really funny. I just think it's a, it's a great show. They do a really good job with it. Oh, no, yeah. I mean, and yeah, you're right. The first, at least for me, the first two episodes back, it like really, you literally were like looking at the back door behind like Meredith or something or you know next to the reception you're waiting for Michael Scott's literally just exactly. fucking you're walk just wait, in you're just waiting for him to pop in like hey everybody I'm back yay Michael Scott's here but you know like, but like I said the further you get away from that because it's such an ensemble cast I mean it's yes. not like it's not I mean Michael Scott was the center of the show and Steve Carell's a brilliant comedic actor mm-hmm. but I mean there was so much else going on with the show that it works without him oh totally I, I agree 100% and I, I mean, part of me though feels that they need to do like one or two more seasons and then call it like they need they need to have an end game because at least again to me, I, I don't know. It's like I love the show. As a matter of fact, I love Andy as the general manager because he has the same problems that Michael has just in different ways. Mm-hmm. And, and so again, you're so right. It's like it's just like it was before, and it's just as goddamn funny. Um, and then the new Pam and Jim storyline. <clears throat> Is you know really Andy and, and Aaron? So and again, they're, they're sort of redefining the show again, which is which is great. I love it, but I just feel like they, they need that they need an end game soon because I really have no idea how they would end that show now, or you know what oh, I mean? Yeah, me neither. I don't know how it would happen. Maybe maybe the ending will be um, what's his name? Creed goes crazy and shoots everybody. <laughs> like, who, who knows? But I mean, like I. But the thing is, I can watch that show. All the time, because I've never worked in an office, like a real office. So, I mean, this is what I automatically assume an office is. So when people tell me, like, oh, I work here, it's like, oh, well, who's your who's your Andy? And they're like, what the hell are you talking about? No, no, no. Is there anybody like, uh, you know, is there anybody like Creed in your office? That they just- well, the great thing, yeah, well, there, it's, yes, it's, there it's is. It's just really good. Well, that's the weird thing is that I work in an office. I'm granted, it's, it's a call center slash office for, for a big banking corporation. Hey, man, are they hiring? Uh, they <laughs> probably are. Yes. Um, yeah. Know, can, can I use you on my resume? Can I use you as, yeah. a, as a what's the word? A reference? Yeah. You sure? You sure may. You, Nick yes, Nitro. you can. Yeah. Make sure you put Nick Nitro. <laughs> well, that's really funny. We have something called a, a, a company phone book, and sometimes you can put pictures, any picture you want, in there, and you can also change the information in there. And sometimes uh, my one friend who's a manager there, he sends me random profiles where they go, look what they changed their name to. And we have a lot of Philippian uh, 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 agents and whatnot, and they, they do that. Like their, nick- like their real name is uh, Rachel Loy CJ Third or whatever, and they- their nickname is Doc. <laughs> and when, they, when, cool. they, when, you, when they call you, they, want you, they get mad if you don't call them Doc. That's they don't, cool. Right. It's cool, but you're just like, well, wait a minute. So wait a minute. What's in, 
it's really bizarre because then you look in phone book and you know we have their name listed as one thing, but they it's really weird because we don't remember the names anyway. I hate to say it like that, but but it's really cool because sometimes they'll put like a really cool picture. Like someone put a picture of uh, oh shit, who was it? Christopher Walken. As their phone book photo. Yeah, it was so fucking sweet. You know, whoa, googly eyes. (laughs) It's it was really it's really great. So yeah, dude, you could totally do that. You just look me up. I'm Nick. I'll change it, Nick Nitro, just for a week only, just for you. (laughs) And that way, you you, you know, when they look me up, they can find me, and they can, you know, I'll I'll make sure I'll put a big, nice uh, tie wearing, shitting and grin in there for you too, as well. Awesome. That way, it's like yes. Nick Nitro's quality at that unnamed banking firm in your region. <laughs> um, awesome. Yeah, so uh, I mean, I'll totally hook you up. I'll totally hook you up. That's not a problem. <laughs> I, you know, what? I would feel, I would feel much, I would feel really good, you know, hooking you up with a job. That means that I've done something good there. Besides, you know, help other bankers. Which word? And you know what? You do good anyway because you're helping me pimp my comic book and you're letting me come Hell on yeah. your show to talk about the podcast well, and anything. stuff. So, you, Nick, you've done enough. I, I, you know what? But you're I, right. I, I, appreciate, I appreciate the fact that you would do me that solid, sir. Thank you. Not a problem. And you know what? You're right. I have done enough. I, I think the world should give me a medal <laughs> for this. I think that I think uh, the, the, the time is ready. The time is now. Let's, you know, Nick Argenbright, Nick Nitro for president, everybody. Uh, hey, I'd vote for you. Well, thank you very much. You know what? You could be my running man. You can be vice president. Vice, pro- sure. vice president fresh. Heard? That'd be awesome. <laughs> I'm down with that. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah. Oh, uh, you have a you have a kid, and uh, yes. one last thing I want to uh, talk about before we'll, uh, we'll t- where we take a break is uh, uh, how are you going to show your kids Star Wars? If, if Sophie seems interested in it, how are you going to introduce Star Wars to her? Are you just going to show her the original trilogy? Or are you going to let her watch all of them? Because Clone Wars is out, and I hear Clone Wars is good, but I've you know, heard the same thing. I've heard Clone Wars is fantastic. Right, and and which is surprising because that's the least, you know the last thing you ever expect to hear. Is, yeah, because I don't know. I saw the movie, and the movie was terrible. Like, oh my oh, god, yeah. the movie was just awful. I went and saw it opening night, and it was just—I mean, it was god awful. So yeah. the fact that that movie, I mean, the show is brilliant is just that's saying something. Um, and as for showing my daughter starch, I mean, uh, Star Wars. I mean, I'll probably just, if she has an interest, I will watch it. You know what I mean? I'll try to keep my opinions to myself. I'm going to try to raise my daughter more of a, and I know this sounds weird because my whole life I've been a Star Wars fan. I'm going to try to persuade her more Star Trek, Lord of the Rings. I'm going to push her that way more, I think. Wow. Yeah, which sounds weird because like I said, I mean, I'm the same guy who, who who was on record. You can find the audio you know, four or five years ago saying I could care less about Lord of the Rings, but I've seen the films and I I love them. I think they're brilliant movies. And like for me, Star Trek, Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Enterprise, especially now that it's all on Netflix, is just so well done. So I'm going to try to steer her more towards the the Trek way. But if she wants to watch it, we'll just sit down and we'll watch, you know, four, five and six and we'll have fun with it. Because if you show them one, two, three, then – the the cool moments in Empire are ruined because you exactly. already know all this stuff, so it's just kind of dumb. Well, some, uh, Drew McWeeny, he's a writer for uh, HitFix.com, and he he's does he does an article called Film Nerd 2.0 where he takes uh, he takes stuff uh, or takes films that we all know that you know all film geeks love, like Jurassic Park, Tron, you know all these Back to the Future. He introduces them to his kids. 
Oh, that's cool. And uh, the one, I mean, and, and the articles are pretty neat, but the ones that I really love are the ones where he does Star Wars because he goes, I'm going to do Star Wars and I'm not going to tell you the order I'm doing them yet, but I'm just going to do the reviews. And so he de- he starts off with episode four, does episode five, and the kids by episode five, they are fucking hooked into Darth Vader's the bad guy, you know. And so when it's revealed that, you know, holy shit, Luke is your father, they don't believe it. They can't yeah. believe it. And then he goes, up next, we're going to watch episodes one through three. And then episode, and end with episode six. So episodes one That's, through three are a flashback. Oh, that makes sense. I can see that. Okay. Right. And, That's interesting. Yeah, and, and and the reviews on how it's like, and the kids, when they're watching it, and of course, the kids, I didn't care for episodes one through three either. Matter of fact, I thought episode three was the best out of all three, but it wasn't great. Yeah, and I feel the same way. Yeah, it, it, you know, beyond that, it was just a big, giant size of dog shit and uh yeah it, it, it oh god it, that's the worst worst written fuck god damn it i i'm gonna get pissed but um <laughs> well no it just doesn't make any sense like if you listen to any of the comments this is how much of a nerd i am i listened because I, I am interested in how films are made so i will watch a commentary unless it gets boring and like in the first half of the commentary episode three he's like well general grievous is uh you know that guy he's the he's the precursor to anakin i'm like really he's the precursor to anakin maybe we see that from episode one through three instead of just introducing him in episode three because we have no fucking clue who he is what his motivation yeah, that's the thing like i think with with the prequels oh, Jesus. The, there are cool characters that are there like grievous is cool and darth maul's cool and and even uh, Sidious is cool, but they don't do any kind of real job developing these characters. And by the time you get used to them, they're dead. Right. And you know what also is frustrating? If you really think about it, but you know, the only one who has the most development in terms of he's there, you know, he is there for a purpose. And you're going to – everyone's going to hate me for saying this. I even feel dirty saying it. It's Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. Because he starts off as, oh, I'm the bombing. Oh, you want to shoot me in the fucking face, guy? And then he becomes fucking – uh, 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 diplomat, and then the diplomat becomes the guy who ushers in the fucking empire, or starts, yeah. yeah. And you're just like, wow, so it's really your fucking fault, you son of a bitch. You know? <laughs> but it's like, that's more development than fucking Anakin or fucking Obi-Wan even has. Obi-Wan yeah. just the whole time goes, you're my brother. Even though I don't apparently like you that well, brother, you know, and then I have to kill you. It's, no, it's shit. But... Yeah, and the kids, though, they, they bought it. They were fucking sold on, on the whole thing, and they still didn't believe that Anakin was... They, they, they thought Anakin still was killed by Darth Vader. They didn't oh, really wow. believe it. And so when he, in episode three, when he, like, literally fucking grabbed Padme and started, you know, fucking her up and then started fighting Obi-Wan, the kids just freaked out and got dead silent. I mean, they were... And so it's really neat to read that, and I'm just like, man, that's really sweet, because you never think of that. You always think that I'm just going to show episodes four, you know, four through six... But you know how kids are. They're going to watch it probably anyway. And with Clone Wars, they might see that first and get confused and want to watch it. And so, yeah. And I was just like, well, that's really interesting. And so, uh, matter of fact, part six is the episode six review is not out yet. He's going to, I think, post it either either in the next few days by the time we're recording this, I should say. And and I'm pumped for it just because I want to know what, what, how, what the kids think about the finale. No, that is that's a really cool way to go about that. I never even thought about that. That's pretty neat. Yeah, I I don't know. I I thought it was really neat. And uh, yeah, because and, and I have to ask, why? What what made you not like Lord of the Rings? Is just one of those things because everyone was sort of going like, flocking towards it, and uh, it was just one of those things that like I just never really cared about. But it's weird because I, I played D and D my whole life. I was always kind of into that, but I never really gave it much merit or kind of. You know, real interest. I think I got kind of lumped into the whole, uh, you know, 
Sam and Frollo, they're all queer for each other and stuff like that and blah, blah, blah. And I didn't really give, I didn't really give it much of a shot. And I just said, you know what? I said, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to watch these three movies and I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to see, I'm just going to play it, you know, by what happens. And everybody was telling me, even people that love Lord of the Rings, they're like, okay, well, one kind of stinks. And I'm like, well, if one stinks, then that's a bad precedent to set. Like, well, no, 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 one stinks, two is fantastic, and three is really good. I said, okay, cool. So I sat down, and I watched the extended editions of it. I don't know why, but I watched the extended editions. That's what you got to do. Yeah, I totally had to, because I said, if I'm going to watch it, I'm going to watch it. So I sat down, and I watched one, and I was hooked. I thought one was brilliant. Like, I loved Fellowship of the Rings. I thought it was just amazing. The whole story to me was just wonderful. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, if this is the bad one, think about how the others the <laughs> other ones will be. Exactly. And then I, and then I watched two, uh, the, the Two Towers, and I hated it. I, like, I was like, this movie really? is boring. It's stupid. The trees can suck my balls. <laughs> I, just, I, I, just, I just didn't care about two at all. And then I liked the battle scene at the end. I thought the battle scene at the end was hot. I was really into that. But, the, you know, everything else before that was just terrible. And then the third one, I think, is really enjoyable. So, you know, so I was a little off with the way I guess everyone kind of thought I would be. But I just, I think Lord of the Rings is just brilliant. I really enjoy it. So what's that so little precious? Gollum, Gollum. Dude, I love Gollum. He's awesome. Like, Gollum he's such, was... a, he's such a great character. And, I mean, it's cool for, I forget the guy's name, what, Andy? Andy Circus. Great actor. I mean, the guy's just brilliant. So he just got a deal too uh, by Fox. They're treating him like an actual movie star uh, because he is. One, I, I I honestly do feel this way. He is the only I think that does it good on anything he does. Digital performer. Oh yeah, totally. He is. I mean, it's the guy's brilliant. I mean, as Gollum, he was fantastic. I mean, I have I've got King Kong on a HD DVD. That's how, and I haven't watched it, but I've heard he's fantastic in that. And then in Planet of the Apes, he was brilliant. Oh, yeah, and I remember that you initially said uh, I've heard. You, well, I think the last time we talked, I think we said it offline, uh, off the podcast. But you said. Have you seen the previous Rise of the Planet of the Apes? I, I, I've not, but I, I, the idea sounds stupid. And then I remember on Twitter you saw the preview and you went ape shit, like pun intended. You went nuts for it. No, I did because because the thing is, Planet of the Apes, the original Planet of the Apes with Charlton Heston is such fantastic sci-fi. Like it just real. It's like that's what science fiction to me is all about. Like that's as real as it's going to get. You know, it's it's so brilliant and so wonderfully done. That I saw this reboot, or they, and I was like, ah, I don't know. Why do they got to mess with this? It's such a great film. It's so well done. I mean, the makeup, the acting, the script. It's just wonderful. The ending is so. It's just such a perfect film. And then even like you know, I guess uh, the second Planet of the Apes movie that Heston's in for like twenty minutes is still very good. <laughs> And then, I mean, I just, I love Planet of the Apes. It's always been one of my favorite, you know, it's always been one of my favorite sci-fi, you know, I guess, um, series. And then the Tim Burton one came out and it was so awful. It was. Oh my God. And then I was just kind of, I was just a little bit leery because I think everybody is to some point where it's just like, don't they have any original ideas anymore? Like, can't we come up with something new? And you're right. So I was, yeah, so I was a little nervous, but you know, I heard it was brilliant. And James Franco is awesome, and you know I don't know. So I heard the script was fantastic. So I mean, I I, I just bought it hook, line, and sinker, you know. And, yeah, and a lot of other people had the same reaction that you had, which is they they're like, well, the trailer, you know, the trailer was sort of more it, it intrigued them a bit more. But before that, they're like, same thing. It's like Hollywood's running out of ideas, blah 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 blah. And then opening weekend, all the everyone who saw it loved it, and then word of mouth, like it kept chugging along. Yeah, which is which is you know. 
which is saying something for movies nowadays because, you know, I guess the last kind of two movies to do that were the original Iron Man and uh, the Batman movie because yeah. most of the time it's a movie opens big and then it disappears in four weeks and then it's on DVD in, you know, five months or three months or however exactly. long it is. So, I mean, for a movie to kind of stick around and stay in the top five in box office and make its money back and this, that, and the other thing, I mean, that's really impressive, so. No, yeah, yeah, it, it is. And I just was, like, really, I don't know. I'm so, so I'm really happy for Andy Serkis. And the same thing's happened with Tintin. I remember, uh, I don't like the, uh, what's that, uh, Valley of the Eye. It's what they talk about in CGI characters, the Hidden Valley, where, or the Hidden Plane or something like that, where they looked almost too realistic, but then you look at their eyes and you can tell they're not or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember Adventures of Tintin, it's already out overseas, and the reviews over there are saying it's like the next Indiana Jones, which is very surprising because, you know, the last Indiana Jones that came out was just, just fucking shit. Yeah, it was pretty bad. I have friends that defend that movie. A dear friend of mine defends the Indiana Jones movie. I mean, to to his dying day, he will defend <laughs> Crystal, Crystal Skull because... You know, he says it's like classic pulp, and if you look at it, that's the way. But I mean, it's it's just no, it's it's not I even the problem. Of, it's it's just so poorly done. It is. Well, uh, the only thing I defend in that movie, and and it, a lot of people, yeah, they just don't agree with me. Is uh, and a lot of people, as a matter of fact, it coined a new term: nuke the fridge. I thought that was the best part of the movie. <laughs> and again, I understand the you know how ludicrous it is, but it's also ludicrous that they're. I mean, now depending on if you believe or not believe in all that other crap, but. There's a fucking arc that will melt your face off. There's a holy grail that will disintegrate your body if you drink. You know yeah. what I mean? You're already – or Temple of Doom, which is the one that everyone considers to be the lesser of the of the initial three. He fucking survives a jump out of an airplane in a raft. Yeah, and, and he hangs out with some uh, you know some Indian guy that rips people's hearts out. You know, it, they, you do have to go into these things with a, a degree of disbelief, but I think it was just – Wait, well, that's just what you're asking me. You can rip a heart out, but you can't fucking nuke a frizz. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's just, I guess it's just, sometimes I think people just, they take all they can stand, and then it just gets to a point where it's like, all right, I'm out. And for me, the lasting, I guess, scene for me for Crystal Skull will be knowledge was their treasure. No, that's, oh, that, that's what he says. Yeah, Harrison, Harrison Ford oh. says it to, uh, what's her face, Shia LaBeouf. He says, you know, well, knowledge was their treasure. It's like, that is the goofiest shit I've ever heard before in my entire life. And then I remember seeing in the theater, and I was sitting there watching it, and I'm just laughing hysterically, and knowledge <laughs> was their treasure. It's just so stupid and trite. It, it, oh, whatever. it is. It's neither here nor there. I mean, those guys are, you know, uh, George Lucas, say what you want about it, but the guy's a damn genius. And then, I mean, he... You're you giving... Know, wow. For, for Christ's sakes, the guy invented Pixar. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that was... Pixar was a Lucas, you know, it was a Lucas film offshoot. Wow, well, see, this is now this is where I get defensive in that on that because I agree with Patton Oswalt, which is you know what, someone God love him, he is a treasure, but someone needs to take a shovel out back and beat the shit out of him. No, no, no I'm not saying I, you know he's he's gotten to a point where he's he's become like the mad tinkerer and he just kind of he tweaks his ideas and plays with things that don't need to be to be messed with because right. he is the ultimate authority. Like, there's no one at, you know, Lucasfilm or, you know, Skywalker Ranch when he goes, you know what, I'm going to have um, Vader say no on the Blu-ray edition <laughs> oh, when, when, he's, when, he's, when he's lightning, you know, Skywalker. I'm going to have him say no. That pisses there's, me off. There's nobody at Lucasfilm that's going to go, hey, you know, I don't think that's a great idea because he is the, the, the be-all, end-all. All ideas kind of start and end with him. You're right. You're right. I just so, – 
It's, and it, it just sucks, you know, because he can literally do anything he wants to. He can just shit all over his own his own product. But I mean, you know, because I remember when the Blu-rays came out and they were talking about that scene in particular. And, you know, as a kid, you remember that scene. And despite the fact that, he, you know, Vader is wearing a mask, you can see the emotion. It's so you, well done. It's so well written. It's so well acted. You can see the emotion on his face like, this is my son. I'm changing my mind and my life forever. Fuck Yes. <laughs> Yeah, the no just makes it stupid and ridiculous. You know, it, it's unnecessary. But again, who's going to stop him? You're right. Well, the, uh, the funny thing is, is that that's interesting theory or comment is that Spielberg, ha- you would figure ha- would have the power, but in a way that the way the Indiana Jones movies work, Spielberg is literally he's a hired gun. You know, yeah, he good, is. Yeah. And I, I, a lot of again, I'm not defending Crystal Skull, but you can tell what parts of the movie are Lucas and Spielberg. And, and, the, and the cool part about it is, I guess when he was doing, Spielberg was doing press for something recently, I think he threw Lucas under a bus. Yeah, he which did. Was, which, yeah, which I thought was kind of like, whoa, dude, you guys are supposed to be, you know, arm in arm into the sunset. But he was like, yeah, you know, the movie sucked because of Lucas. I was like, wow, that's saying something. Yeah, because so. he, he was more along the lines that, like, he, he, he threw him under the bus, but he also said, but listen, it's also my fault, too, because I didn't say anything. It was a bit of a mix, but like, I don't think the movie was as good as it needed to be, but it's George's movie, and I'm there to do what George wants me to do. And if I can add what I want to do, that's great. But if not, that's all I can do. See, and that's and that's that again says something to the power of, of you know George Lucas, that yeah. one of the most powerful directors in Hollywood, one of the you know one of the guys that's considered one of the greatest directors in the history of film. I mean, you know, because yeah. when you think great film directors, you think like you know Hitchcock, Scorsese, you know Fellini, you know Akira Kurosawa, and then yes. you think like oh Spielberg's right there with them. The fact that he is even under George Lucas's thumb is it just says something about the power of Lucasfilm. That's true. Uh, it is, and I, I just find it very interesting that yeah. Again, I, I we could we could talk Lucas all day though because again, you're, what you're bringing up is right. The guy is a genius. He but he just he tinkers with every fuck, fucking everything. And it's, but nobody you know, but nobody's gonna stop him. You're right, and no one yeah. will. You know what? That should be a movie. I think they sort of try that with fanboys, but they need a movie where someone tries to stop George Lucas. Yeah. And like have Lucas play. You know, Lucas likes a joke. Have Lucas play himself. That'd be fucking hilarious. Yeah, he likes a joke, but if you remember, I don't think he was too happy about the South Park episode where Indiana Jones got raped, oh. <laughs> <laughs> which was just brilliant in itself, you know? No, yeah, that was – and I've gotten into that show recently, and I, I'm just so – I don't know. I was one of those weird people where uh, if I – it's not in my normal realm of shows I normally watch TV on, like you know, the big four or five networks. I don't go venture to Comedy Central, and thanks to Futurama, I now go to – Comedy Central a bit more, and so then I start watching South Park, and I'm like, why did I just stop paying attention to the show? It's so yeah. fucking is great, but um, we uh, we're gonna take a break. We're gonna have a, a, a clip from a conference call I had, a little section with uh, Chris Fedek. He's the co-creator of Chuck, and then when we'll be back. We'll uh, have more with uh, Bob Fresh right after this. I had a long. Across the sea 
Hey, Chris. Um, first of all, I just want to say mad props for getting a sneakers reference in to the conference call. That was very awesome. And uh, it's so e- it's so easily done. Right, and you know, I could have been with the NSA, but they found out my parents were married. Yeah, they, you know, love sneakers, and uh, and also mad props for also it felt very fitting that on the premiere episode, Chuck always the underdog went up against the World Series, and um, you know, it, it, was that sort of planned? That little more that little uh, <laughs> rant by Morgan was that shot, or was it like you guys knew you would air around the time, of the, or was it just written and just happened to be kismet that you guys would be go up against Game Seven? Uh, okay, well, first off, I have, to, I have to address your question in parts. One, that is the deepest reference into sneakers I have ever heard. <laughs> that's a deep, deep reference. It's, it's a, that's a snarky aside he makes to one of the NSA, non-NSA bad guys in that movie. That's amazing. <laughs> Amazingly deep reference. Second part of your question is, is absolutely not. We did not plan to go up against the most exciting Game 7 of the World Series ever. If there's any lesson we learned on Friday is do not mess with baseball. Oh, yeah. Um, so, so and, and then in regard to, and, I, and, and no, we didn't know when we did that joke, which is the um, uh, think about baseball joke, which before uh, more Morgan um, uh, uh, prematurely zoomed. Um, you know, it's like I, I only assumed that it was, it was. I think I think that's my joke, and I think that I was tempting the fates. I should have known. It's like it's, it's in theory, go up against baseball. I'm tempting the fates, and unfortunately, I just I did it, and I, I blame myself. Well, mad props, but I mean, it, it was very fitting, though, that, you know, Chuck is always the underdog. Even when he does succeed in the show, he's still coming up from behind, and uh, and it was I thought it was a wonderful episode. Um, and uh, I also, mad props on how you got the Toes in the Sand uh, acronym to go through censor. Uh, I don't know how you guys did that. That was all, that was all kinds of awesome. Yeah. It's all about the periods. You know, we have, we actually, I, you'll be amazed at how many times I spent, you know, it's like I spent quite a bit of time talking to them, uh, to really, the really nice and uh, fantastic people at Standards of Practices at NBC. They're, they're, they're really, really nice and fantastic for us. But it was all about the periods that we had to, as long as it was an acronym. And then our guys spelled it. And there was a point where we had to argue that, that we wanted to be able to spell it out. But, you know, it's, it's so long as it was an acronym and we weren't, you know, doing a really spot on, joke but yeah I, I assumed at some point we would pull out one of those references but that's that's a, that's a that's a fun part of my job is um uh, is uh doing things like getting t-i-t-s and um uh, words like pussy on the show <laughs> um the last thing i my, my my main last question though would be um you said there are some things that you're hoping to try to bring back um in this final season um some characters now uh I recently rewatched all the shows on Blu-ray, um, and you know, I, I, of course, I love it. One of the things that you guys sort of mention, but then leave it open for, you know, that it could come back, is that you guys sort of cover up uh, Tony Hale's death, uh, who played Emmett from, you know, at Best Buy, or yeah, not Best Buy, sorry, the Buy More. Yeah, yeah. And is that something that might come up, or is that something that there are other things from the past that might be coming back that's a haunt Chuck? I think. I think there's other things from the past that will come back to haunt Chuck. Okay. We, we, for quite some time, because Tony Hale is a national treasure, oh, yes. we, for the longest time, tried to figure out a way to kind of bring him back into the show. And we had come up with the idea of he would have a brother. <laughs> and we had a great name, and I don't remember the name. But he would have a brother who would be searching for him. 
Um, and uh, and it would be, of course, an identical twin played by Tony Hale. Of course. Um, but we we could not. We <laughs> we we never found the perfect place to kind of uh, to do that story. But um, uh, just imagine outside. You know, it's not it's not canon, but you know that he did have a brother, and he's still trying to figure out what happened to his brother. Oh well. Uh... And well, uh, you've also said before previously that this you you know you're, you might not be as uh, nice as a writer finishing up the season. Will that be something that you're going to go Joss Whedon on everybody, kind of thing, or in terms of killing off characters, um, I should say. You know what? I, I I I'm always very gun shy about killing off characters. It's like you know we've done it in the past, and it's been these you know epic moments with Tony Hale mm-hmm. and um uh, and Stephen J. Bartowski. You know, oh, yeah. I, 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 you know I, 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 I you never know. It's like we 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 certainly have some you know very big epic things, and I don't want to give anything away. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, and and but the uh, but the you know it's I'm always a little gun shy about killing off characters and. Uh, but you know that again, it is the final season of the show. So you know, we we, we certainly want it to be, you know, you know, it, 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 everything will change by the end of the season. So, um, yes. so you know, so I, I'm going I'm I'm to skirt around that question. No, I understand because um, really. if you say you are Joss Whedon and you are practically giving away, you're going to mass suicide everybody or genocide everybody. Which I yeah, do. you don't want to do that. <laughs> I just. Like, I, I just love being compared to Joss Whedon. That's fantastic well, for me. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll, that, that he's a, you know, he's a he's a hero to us here at the show. So well, yeah. Well, you guys are you and Schwartz are both a hero to us for writing such a great show, and I'm so glad you guys get to end it the way you guys want to end it. And uh, I hope Chuck continues in some form or fashion down the line. And thanks for answering my questions. Thanks so much, dude. Hey, you know what book I've not read in a while? What Angels and Demons by Dan Brown. There's a few new ones I wouldn't mind having either. I'm busy a lot of the time, too. Yeah, that's why I listen to audiobooks on my iPod Touch. It uh, helps me stay in touch with the books I want to read and allow me to, you know, fit in between the rest of my responsibilities. That is why, for some of you listening to the Good, the Bad, and the Geeky podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 14-day trial to give you a chance to check out their service. I was able to sign up and get a free copy of one of my favorite books. Catch me if you can. Hey, do they have a Horton Here's a Who? Let me check. Yes, they do. So if you'd like to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash goodbaggeeky. What's that again for the free audiobook? Again, that's www.audibletrial.com forward slash goodbaggeeky for your free audiobook. Wake up. Go to work. Work. Come home. Eat dinner. Rot your brain out. Go to bed. Lather. Rinse. Repeat. Are you tired of an old humdrum life? Tired of things that just weigh you down and depress you? Wouldn't you rather just focus on things that are awesome? Tune into Nutty Bites. Find out what's awesome. Nutty Bites. Nimlast.org slash blog.
And uh, we have uh, Bob Fresh on, on, on the show. Uh, he uh, does the podcast, uh, Bob's Boneyard, uh, Tory vs. Zombies, Door Trek, Get Mommy a Drink. And he has a comic book series, and I, it, it, which issue four is coming out here within a week or two at the time of recording this. And uh, it's, it's the last issue, right? Am I right? Yes, it's, well, it's the last issue of the arc. It's the la- I guess it's the last issue for the foreseeable future because uh, I'm at the point now where – you know, I guess real life is kind of getting involved in my existence, so I'm going to have to, like, find a job and this, that, and the other thing. And when you don't really have gainful employment, the idea of making, yeah. like, a hobby comic just doesn't kind of make sense anymore. No, yeah, <laughs> you're right, you're right. right. So it's just at the point now where I'm going to continue writing the stories for 41 on my website, 41comic.com. After issue four comes out, there will be a continuation of kind of the story that leads into issue five. So when issue five does come out, you know, there'll be like, um, I guess, a nice little bit of, I guess, filler material there on the website. That'll still be, I guess, canon. I guess we're going to kind of work in the Lucas world. It'll still be canon for the series, <laughs> but it'll just be like supplemental material, which is kind of cool. Okay. Well, I mean, is that something that you do hope to go back to with issue four or maybe, you know, and have them drawn out or maybe release it like in a great, you know, actual graphic novel? Uh, what I'll probably do with it is if I want to release it, like maybe I'll just release it as like a collection of short stories, you there know, like go. without artwork, because making comics, Nick, I, you know, uh, the, the pricey part is the art. Yes. That's, that's where the money comes in. I mean, you know, if I could draw, I wouldn't have these problems. But you know, when you have to pay for art, that's where it gets pricey. The printing of the books is, you know, nothing. We just printed a book for Alfredo Torres for his podcast, Torres vs. Zombies. He's got a book out now in print and digitally on Amazon. But you can buy the print copy on our website, bobsboneyard.com. And I mean, to print the books was literally nothing. I mean, you know, it's it was it was minuscule at best. And it's not the, to interrupt, sorry, but isn't that book like number in the top ten or something? On yeah, digi- I mean, on Amazon digitally, it's in the top five of um, horror graphic novels. So yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool, man. You Congratulations know, on that, by the way. I thought that Thank was you. fucking awesome. I was mad Thank props. You. No, not I. That's what I'm saying. Like I, I'm greatly impressed by everything that Boneyard Industries is doing, and. And how you guys are doing it, and this is as someone who's only, who's been in it in the game longer. And again, I learned by doing mistakes. And the thing is, the great thing with you is that I was only in the radio industry for like maybe like a few months. You've been in it for years, so you're using all that great knowledge and getting your show done, getting it out there, and everything. And you, you guys are fucking, you're, you guys are beasts. You know, it's well, fucking I, awesome. I, I appreciate, it, but you know what I'm doing here with the, with the podcast network, at least, which is. You know, bobsboneyard.com, torresvszombies.com, dortrek.com, getmommyadrink.com. Those are all the shows. You can search them on iTunes. Uh, you can subscribe to them on iTunes. It's, uh, we're on Stitcher, I believe, as well. It's just, I, you know, being in a corporate kind of radio setting, you have so many ideas and so many kind of promotional tools and so many things you want to get done. But unfortunately, you have to run it up the flagpole and hope 10 people salute it, where at this level – that we're on now, I mean, any idea you have, you can get done, which is really kind of refreshing. And it makes, at the end of the day, it really makes you feel good about what you're doing because you're doing this, you know, for you and your people involved in in the network. So it's very cool. It's a good feeling. So I love it. Well, what is, I mean, you love them all. They're all your babies, but which one do you have the most fun recording as it's going on, I guess would be, would be a question. Cause again, I know that's an unfair question to ever ask someone who record multiple shows but i mean like off the top of your head right now do you have more fun doing dork track or do you have more fun doing you know a bob's boneyard which one do you have more fun recording 
I think the most fun podcast we do right now, for me anyway, is Dork Trek. I really enjoy the group dynamic of it. You know, we have a good cast with myself and Manny and Dennis Black and Asian, who's who's also there with us, and Jenny and Ben. We have a, an Anton. We have we have like this huge cast of people, and we have more people that want to be involved because we've been trying like mad to get you on the show as oh, well I too, know. Nick, because you want to do it. Um, yeah. We, I, ha- we have our friends from Trek FM. I don't know if you ever listen to any of the podcasts on Trek FM, but they want to get involved. And it's just Star Trek, the next generation and Star Trek as a whole is such a brilliant show. Like it really yes. is like Star Trek, the next generation. It's, it's wonderful television, but at it the is. same time too, it's treated like a, like a golden calf where you can't kind of pick, you can't poke fun at it. You can't, but it needs to, like you need to make fun of these programs and it's so much fun and it's all done in love. You know, you're picking on something that you truly enjoy. So it's just a lot of fun. Door trick is just so much fun to me to do. You know, it's, it's, it's a real, it's a real blast. Right. And, and door trick is a show where you guys talk star Trek. You guys watch episodes and then you, re- you record the reviews of those. Yes, that's exactly and, what we and do. We you watch review- two, yeah. We, we, yeah, we watch two episodes a week and then we sit down together each Saturday and then we just kind of, you know, talk it all out and have a good time doing it. Hell yeah. And, and that's, and I, I find that to be again, really refreshing because again, yeah, you're right. The uh, Trekkers or uh, which one do you prefer, Trekkers or Trekkies? I'm uh, I'm good with either. I don't care. I don't uh, care. Well, Trekkers or Trekkies, both they get a little bit defensive about Star Trek, and I understand why. I, I totally I I totes get it. Which is in the 80s and 90s, I remember yeah because even William Shatner was like making fun of of, of 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 the fans, and you know even right before I until like the middle I think the season three or four of Next Generation. Which I think is when there was talk of a movie coming out at some point. Which granted was Generations, and that's another story altogether. But um, people really, uh, you know, they would sort of still shit on on Star Trek, and it would be, yeah. and and which leads into the great battle of Star Wars versus Star Trek. And I, I think if you want something very intellectually stimulating, you all you got to go with Star Trek, man. Star Trek is where it's fucking at. Well, see, I look at the, the two are different at their core because Star Trek is science fiction, where right. Star Wars is science fantasy. Everything they try to do exactly. on Star Trek is kind of based in some kind of sciency kind of mold. You know, it, it, whether it's you know Stan Lee science, which is you know a way I like to say you just make shit up. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but, you you read it in a magazine, and go ooh gamma rays. Let's use that in a comic book. Oh yeah, totally. And they do the same thing on Star Trek, which is super cool. But Star Wars is it's fantasy. It's a soap opera, and they're, they both have their place, and they're both super enjoyable. But I just, I just really do enjoy doing Dork Trick. It's just, it's just a lot of fun. Uh, I and and yeah, I, I grew up watching uh, Star Trek: Next Generation. That was one of those things where I couldn't. I know this is again blasphemous on me because I, I love Star Trek. I love the original cast, but I, for whatever reason, could not uh, get into the original sh- series. I. For whatever reason, I just couldn't get into it, and uh, I tried really hard. And even today, like I can watch it, and it's more I, I can't I can only make fun of it. I know that sounds really bad. No, um, it's okay. I mean, like as series go, I mean I'm a huge Next Generation fan. I've just started watching Deep Space Nine. I could care less about Voyager. I've never seen an episode of Voyager ever. Like I just don't care. Uh, I, I really enjoy Enterprise, and the original series is cool. Like it's got its moments to me. It's just oh yeah. You know, it's just, it's, it's okay. You know what I mean? Like, I know I might be, you know, hung out to dry for that one, but it's all right. It's not my Star Trek. You know, my Star Trek is 
next generation, you know, like when I was a kid, I, I had, you know, I wanted Wesley Crusher hair. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to have a haircut like Wesley Crusher. I mean, that was Fucking the deal. A, because everyone, like everyone who's over the age of, of, of 38 that watched Next Generation when it initially aired fucking hated Wesley Crusher. And I, I mean, I can understand watching now how he might come off annoying, but I remember growing up that Wesley was the fucking shit. I wanted to be Wesley Crusher. Everybody did because you wanted to be on the Enterprise. You know what I mean? Like, that's what you wanted to do. You wanted to be that kid, you know? You wanted to be the smart know-it-all guy that had all the hot answers that everybody listened to, you know? Or or they would have to listen to him and because they weren't listening to him before. And so he would always have the, the, the resolution to save the fucking day if it wasn't for Data. Or Data would do it, but Will, you know, Whedon would, Wesley would tell everybody what to do. And, no, I don't, we don't listen to children on the bridge and all this other shit. And, you know, I, it, oh, man, I love it. And I, it gets me so sad that people, you know, older, elderly people don't really care for Wesley Crusher. And I think he's the fucking shit. Yeah, Wesley's cool. I don't like um, – well, I'm not going to say I don't like, but Will Wheaton to me is uh, – I don't know. I got my beef with Will Wheaton. We tried to get him on the old show, on the uh, broadcast show, and he wouldn't do it. So he's been kind of a pain in the ass. But, I mean, you know, as Wesley Crusher goes, he ha- it's just no one likes to know it all. Yeah. Especially, especially some punk-ass kid. I get it. No, you're right. That, that, that's always the answer that everybody gives. We don't like know-it-alls. We don't like punk-ass kids. And combine them two, you have the perfect storm of Wesley Crusher. And, and I think some of it, too, is sour grapes. So you put the three together, and there's, there's your problem. Oh, man. And you know what I mean? No, you're 100% right. Now, which is, which is your favorite Star Trek Next Generation character? I mean, I, li- I like them all. I mean, but if I had to choose, I would I would go with Picard or, you know, Picard's the shit. Or, or when I see, I, now as I say that, I go, no, Riker's good. And I go, no, Data's good. They're all fucking great. My I, favorite TNG character is Worf. Worf, man. Nice. I love Worf. Like, all the Worf episodes. Season one, that's why season one for us, or at least for me, was tough to do because Worf was just a guy in the background. And if you listen to the Dork Trek podcast, just go to iTunes, search Dork Trek and subscribe to it. There's a lot of season one where it's just like, hey, you've got a Klingon on the bridge of your flagship. Yeah. If you know anything about the original series, you know that Klingons are Mm -hmm. the real deal enemy of the Federation. And all of a sudden, there's just some Klingon standing there. He's a spy. He's a spy. Shoot him, shoot him, shoot him. But no, he's just some Klingon in you know, on board the ship. And to me, that was just a fascinating dynamic that they didn't really play with until, you know, halfway through. And then as the series progresses, they do more Worf episodes. So I've always enjoyed Worf. I've always enjoyed his episodes. I like his character. He's just a cool dude. He's, you know what I mean? Like he's got that kind of rough and tumble attitude. He's just a cool cat, man. I've always liked Worf. And, and, you know, so that, that's my answer. It's gotta be Worf. No, that's, that's, see, that's awesome because I literally, I, as I, as I say, I really can't think of, of any, I will say there's a character I don't think that got enough love and that is Beverly Crusher. Like she's a good character, but the only time she had any story was only when it was tied to Picard and it's, you know, nothing wrong with that, but you know, it, I thought, well, it, you know, you have a good actress. Why not try to use her a little bit more than just say, you know, let's get him to sick bay and then, uh oh, Picard, whatever, or John Luke, you know. You but, know what makes sense? There's 
there, you know, but that's the, the problem you run into kind of with any ensemble cast. That is where, true. There's always you know, one you, member. You have, you know, you have, what, I believe there was like seven major players, and then they have Gein and every now and then two, and you're not talking about some B-list actress. I mean, you're talking about Whoopi Goldberg. I that's mean, right. She was, she was as big as, big as a star could be when they bring her in season two. So you have this big cast. And you try to work everybody in, and I thought Star Trek always did a really good job, much like The Simpsons, I think, to some extent, where oh, yeah. you know you know, with The Simpsons, you're always going to get you know a crusty episode, or there's going to be a Barney episode, or a Mo episode. You're always going to get one of those, which is always kind of cool. So I, I always thought TNG did a good job kind of walking the line with, you know, they didn't, they didn't beat you to death with, you know, Picard stories or, or number one. You know what I mean? They did they a did. good job kind of passing the ball around. You're right. You're 100% right. They did. And I, I, I love and again, I think that's why uh, CSI. I used to like CSI a lot back when Grissom was on it, um, and you know the whole cast was there. And I really liked it that. In same thing, Next Generation is this. It's a procedural show with an ensemble cast, mm-hmm. and that's. I mean, but Star Trek is sci-fi, which is instead of doing crimes, or whatever they're doing stuff on different planets and different sci- you know actual science fiction ways around these things, and, and it's all about peace, love, and you know betterment of. of Mankind or the universe in this situation because you know Next Generation is very more far flung than the original series, and I I absolutely adore it. I absolutely love it. Um, and uh, I don't know where I was going with that. I was going somewhere, and I don't know where I was going. But Next Generation is a great show. I, let, I guess let me just say that because I totally. again I, I grew up watching that show, and I was beyond sad when Nemesis didn't work out the way they wanted it to. Which, yeah, but but I mean you know it's. It, everything kind of runs its course and if you listen to some interviews and you read some stuff I mean you have like Brent Spiner saying like you know I'm just too old to be wearing this makeup and it just doesn't work anymore so I mean it it was sad to see it go away but it it had run its course I think the show that people are going to miss more than anything especially Matt I've said it before and I'll say it again Whoever decided to put Star Trek on Netflix is a genius. Like, they, they're the smartest guys in the whole wide world because everybody seems to be watching it now, like on my Twitter feed and just people I know in general. Yeah. Everyone, everyone kind of is back on Star Trek. Is I think people are really going to miss Enterprise because I'm watching the first season on Netflix now, and Enterprise is fantastic. It's really well done. Well, let me ask you this. Are, once you guys are done with Next Generation, I mean, Grant, you guys have a lot of episodes and a lot of ground cover. Are you guys hey, going to then move we do on? Two, we do two a week, Nick. We'll burn right through these things. Well, that's true. But, I mean, at the same time, I, I guess still it's like, what, uh, seven seasons, uh, 24 yes. episodes apiece. And, Grant, yeah, you are burning through them. But at the same time, do you are you guys going to move on to Next Generation? Not Next Generation. You are watching Next Generation. Are you going to move into Deep Space Nine and then yes. Voyager and Inter- Nice. Okay. We're gonna do. We're gonna do. Uh, after we get done with TNG, we'll do Deep Space Nine. After we Deep Space Nine, we'll do Voyager. After Voyager, we'll do Enterprise, and then we'll get to the uh, the original series, and then the films. I think we're even gonna do the animated series as well. Oh my you know? God! Wow. I mean, that's there's there's so much there. track, and hopefully, you know, and I don't want to sound like um, like it's wishful thinking, but by the time we get to we get done with all this stuff, hopefully, there'll be new Star Trek on TV. Did you hear the story that Seth MacFarlane is wanting to do? I know now. I know you don't like Seth, and I agree with you in terms of he's not funny. No, no, no. no I agree no, with good. you. Uh, (laughs) No, yeah. It was one of those things where I read an interview with a Hollywood reporter because, again, I'm with you. I don't find him to be that funny anymore. Uh, But he said, listen, I'm one of the biggest Star Trek nerds in the world, and I want to see Star Trek on TV. And I go, are you going to make it a comedy? He goes, why would I make it a comedy? That's not what Star Trek's about. Star Trek is about, you know, 
exploration and, and peace between cultures and all this other stuff. I mean, he really nailed what Star Trek, what Gene Roddenberry was wanting Star Trek to be. Yeah. And that made me feel a little bit good inside. I was like, well, if he can do it, he's going to do it. That gives me a little bit more hope than, hey, hey, hey look at his Star Trek, you know, whatever the fucking shit he does on Family Guy. Yeah, and, you know, McFarlane's one of those guys that I don't know what he's kind of up to to some extent because I guess in the same interview he was saying that he doesn't think any TV show should go on longer than eight years, but his – but Family Guy's on, like, season 10. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, like, I don't know what his deal is. I guess he's trying to reboot um, The Flintstones, too. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, Family Guy was a good program. Like, it's not very good anymore. I don't watch it. American Dad has never been really that good to me. Uh, the I Cleveland agree. show just kind of sucks. Um, so I don't I don't really know what his deal is. I mean, is he a talented guy? He has to be because, I mean, Foxy gave him a $50, $50 million development deal. So he's got – and he, does he know how to make television work? Yeah, he's been doing it for years, but – you know, I don't. I don't know, man. Let's just let's just leave Trek to Trek, I guess. Who knows? But I hope I hope one day there will be a new Trek show on TV. That's the whole point. Well, of it. do you? Is there anyone in particular that maybe has been involved with Trek that you would like to see come back if they are to usher this new golden age? No, I mean, I think you know some of the beauty of it is you know kind of getting new blood and new perspective on the on the program. You know, and uh, who knows if anybody any of these guys would even want to come back and do it? You know, I mean. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of just finding create. I think more so than anything else, you just need creative people, and not necessarily creative TV people, but just creative, I guess, writers and, and actors and things like that to kind of come in and kind of usher in the new age. I hope it happens. I mean, it would be cool. Yeah. Now, um, now, can you talk a little bit about a little bit more about Bob's Boneyard and in terms of because uh, again, we we talked Door Trek. Uh, what about Bob's Boneyard, um, which is Bob'sBoneyard.com? That's right. Yeah. Yes. Tell, tell us a little bit more about that podcast and also what else you're trying to do at the website because I know you've been trying to do some really cool stuff with the website with guest bloggers and stuff. Yeah, we're trying to do all kinds of stuff, man. Bob's Boneyard, I guess, would be the flagship show of our network. Um, I was on the radio for 10 years. I got I got fired unceremoniously, I guess, which is happening all over the country, man. There's a dude. Yeah. There's two Yeah, there's two dudes out there now that are doing a podcast. I think their name's like Tom and Jeff or whatever. And they – I read – you know, uh, their website and the exact same thing that happened to me happened to them eight months later. Jesus. You know, I was, I was on major market radio for 10 years. Uh, we, we had a great show. We did a, wonderful things on the radio program, Mike Powers and myself. And, um, they, they usher in a new, 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 um, uh, rating system, which is Arbitron. It's, um, a people meter. And yeah. lo and behold, you know, seven months later, I don't have a job because <laughs> just doesn't, it just doesn't work out that way. So I decided to take the show to the internet. I brought in Alfredo Torres, who I worked with in the past on uh, the Mike and Bob show. I brought in Manny Fresh, who, again, I also worked with on um, the, the old show on the radio. And we just decided to do it. I mean, you know, because promoting the comic 41, mm-hmm. I did I did several podcasts. I did your podcast. I did another guy uh, who goes by the name of Captain Logan. He does a cool show. And I was doing all these podcasts, and I said to myself – these guys are doing it. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're making their way in this kind of new medium. Why not give it a try? Hell yeah. So, you know, I, I have broadcast experience, you know, I, I have kind of a wherewithal. I know what's good 
products. You know, I know how to do this. I said, you know what? So why not? Why not do what I love doing? So here I am, you know, and we, we you know, the, the podcast has been on since April. We did, uh, we launched two weeks after I got fired from commercial radio, which I thought was very cool because there was, there was an uprising. There was a groundswell. There was a lot of listeners that wanted the show. So I said, you know what? I'm going to do this for them and I'm going to do this for me because I feel that I have a lot of kind of gas left in the tank. So I'm just going to do what I want to do. Why should, why should someone tell me to stop doing something that I love? It makes no sense. Exactly. I agree with you a hundred percent. And matter of fact, when you, you actually did, it wasn't announced yet, but when we ended the show last week, he's like, can I tell you something? Cause I, again, I was like, dude, you need to do a podcast. You need to do it. And you're like, I am going to do one. I was like, fucking a yes. Yes. So I mean, so I'm just going to do, you know, again, why should I stop doing something that I enjoy doing? So that's that's where we are now. Hell yeah, and and, and it's an awesome podcast. Uh, again, uh, if you have a if you go, uh, you guys have a Facebook page too, and you guys post uh, some of your sweepers uh, for. I think yes. it's, a, it's a radio term, by the way. Uh, sweepers, it's like a promo, um, yeah. and it's it's it's. I fucking love the little promo sometimes because sometimes again, I'm doing the podcast, I'm writing articles, and I, I don't have a lot of time to listen to a lot of shows. And so with those sweepers are nice because they remind me to download Dork Trek and Bob's Boneyard and, and get mommy a drink so I can listen to them And when I work on Saturdays. Because, again, uh, you guys record on Saturdays. I My job slow, runs slow so I can listen to a lot of podcasts. And your guys' are some of the shows that I, I listen to. I, I absolutely – No, not a problem, man. I sincere I, – that's why I was so elated. Because, again, my, my theory in life is this, is that, you know, you got to do what makes you happy, you know. Now it, you got to do what makes you happy. If, if it's podcasting or, or doing, you know, talk radio or talk podcast, whatever. If it's, you know, there's a friend uh, of mine that uh, wants to. I know this sounds weird. Uh, again, I'm a guy, but he wants to make beats for a living and you know sell, you know, professionally made beats. Then fucking do it. Go for it. Try okay. your hand at it. If anything, just keep doing it because you have fun doing it. Yeah, totally. The way I look at it, man, it's like if my wife and I kind of have this cavalier attitude about it. And I said it before and I'll say it again. Um, if I'm going to fail at doing this, I'm going to fail wonderfully. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to go out with a bang. Cause exactly. I'm gonna, you know, I'm going to continue doing what I, what I want to do, what I love to do. You know, what I, I feel that I was meant to do. Like this is, this is what I'm good at. You know, I'm good at talking to people. I'm good at communicating with people. I'm good at doing this show. So it's just kind of like, Hey man, you know, fuck it. You know? No. <laughs> yeah. Like, now let me ask this in terms of because you guys you guys do I think three episodes a week of Bob's Boneyard now correct or is it four? Uh, we do we do two episodes a week we do episodes full now. episode we do full episodes on Mondays and Fridays but then we do a thing we call a short which is right, uh, comes out every Wednesday it's maybe anywhere from fifteen to twenty five minutes that's what it is so you guys do two full shows on, on, on Mondays and Fridays and. Um, not well. That getting the normal nine to five gig. If you do get one, uh, would that how would that affect the production of the show? Is that we'll get to it when we get to it, or is that you know, man? I'm not really worried about it. Like if it affects the show, it affects the show. But I don't think it will because it's not something that I look at as a chore. It's something that I want to do. So we're always going to continue doing the podcast. We're just going to have to do it when we can. You know what I Fucking mean? Like a. if if we got to get together one day a week and record, you know four hours worth of podcast and we do it. You know what I mean? It's just, that's just going to be the kind of the, the road that we go down. And, and at this point now, I mean, Alfredo, 
he's going to school for his associate's, I mean, for his master's degree. Excuse me, I don't want right. to insult the man by saying it's an associate's degree. <laughs> you know. But he's yeah. going for his master's degree. He works, you know, full time. He's got his thing going on. Man, he's got his own shit going on as well. So, you know, we get together whenever we can and just say, oh, okay, let's record. And That's then we, good. you know, we just record. I mean, I record uh, Dork Trek twice a week. Um, I, I record Torres' show, Torres versus Zombies. And then we record Dork Trek twice a, or once a week as well. So, I mean, I'm always recording. Like, this is just, this is just what I do. And, you know, I'm just going to have to make time for what I love. Hell yeah, man. See, now, see, I, 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 I love that attitude. I, I, no, I really do because, and that's how I am with, with, with a lot of this stuff too. Cause I, I have a, well, I have a, a, book, a comic book too, and I do that that kind of mentality. I don't have a lot of time for it because I'm doing my hands in so many other pies. You just yeah, got to keep chugging every, along. Everything kind of sucks. I mean, not everything suffers, but you make time for what you want to do. And like uh, right now, that's why I'm kind of promoting the comic is because you know it's over, and I want people to read it. And I want because I'm proud of what I've done with it. I think it's a good book. Yours should be in the mail. Hopefully, you got it already. Yeah. Also, what- well, I, I can't wait to get it. And by the uh, by the way, because I, I read the first issue uh, and, and a preview, I think, a little bit of two, which I know you said a little bit of two was supposed to be part of one. Yes, two yeah. was supposed to be part of one. And it was absolutely uh, fantastic. I loved it. Thank you. I Thank loved you. it. It was really cool. And uh, by the way, that's episode 141 of our show. We can we go a little bit more in depth about those two, that, that first issue. But 41 comic, yeah, I, I'm very excited to get that. I can't wait to uh, to check them out because – um, and I, I do sincerely hope that you know you do can collect those short stories or whatever. Um, and uh, you didn't you guys didn't also put up the the website for forty one comic is forty one comic dot com. That's right, it's forty one comic dot com. We're we're live. We've got uh, some of the preview art for issues two, three, and four because the the packet I sent you has two, three, and four in it. So hopefully you can read the whole the whole series. Heck and then I'm just I'm just going to go to cons because it's cool because you know doing a, a Star Trek podcast and a zombie podcast. We know where our crowds are. Like, we went to Baltimore Con this year, mm-hmm. and we had a blast. But, I mean, people who like zombies in Star Trek, there's going to be a good chance they're going to be at a, a comic book convention. <laughs> and I think it just makes sense. Similar right. with my wife and I and our daughter went to uh, – we went to Chicago recently last month, and we went there for a Star Trek convention. Why? Because it would be fun to go to, and believe me, it was a blast. But we also went there because – Star Trek fans are there, and we yeah. can tell them about the podcast. And the way, and you know how it is with the podcast world. I mean, we go out there, we talk to people. If you can add five listeners a month, you're good. Yeah. You know, if, if it's a slow roll, it's always going to be that way unless you have like your watershed moment. But it's always going to be like as long as you're progressing, you know, and you're pro- moving positively, then you know it's a good month. If you can go to a Star Trek convention and add five listeners, hey, that's awesome. And we did so, you know. Mission accomplished. You hell, know? hell yeah! And I, I again, it, you guys need to check out and uh, oh, check him out on Twitter too because he posts a lot of stuff. A lot. I got. I guess it's another way of like goodies, fun stuff for people who are fans of the podcast and the website and the comic book. Uh, I think uh, Forty One Comic is is the Twitter username for the comic book. That's um, right. Bob's Boneyard and then uh, Tories versus Zombies. I, know, I is that worded differently? Or is that like a ca- uh, shortened down or something? No, no, it's Torres versus Zombies. That's the that's his Twitter account, right? And then uh, and then of course your wife's is Get Mommy a Drink One or Zero. Yes. I messed this up. <laughs> that's why. No it's, no, it's Get Mommy. It's Get Mommy a Drink One. So yeah, so you can check out all the stuff. I mean, we're just doing what we want to do, Nick. I mean, you know, you understand because you know what you're yeah. doing the same thing I am. You know, we're just 
we're just going out there. We're doing something that we love, you know, while working a nine to five gig, we're trying to sell advertising, doing it. And I mean, you know, if I can make a career out of this, cool. If it just becomes supplemental income that, you know, we use for Christmas money. Cool. You know, if I can, if I can make, if I can make comics, if I can make podcasts, while being a good husband and a good father and, you know, maintaining some kind of professional career, I'll be happy. Hell yeah. And that's and that's all you can ask for in this life, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And uh, again, bobsboneyard.com, 41comic.com, dorktrek.com, if I'm forgetting, uh, <laughs> com. Hey, check all so these much. out. Yeah, no, not a problem, man. Because again, I, I, I do like, I, you know, I'm, I'm like one or two episodes behind you, but I'm, I'm listening to all the episodes. I love them. I absolutely love them. And uh, especially the one you guys went to the, the college, uh, that was, I thought, pretty – or we went, guys went on campus. I thought that, that cracked me up. Yeah, we uh, had fun with it, man. That, and again, that's the most important thing. As long as we're enjoying what we do and as long as we continue to enjoy what we do, we're going to keep doing it. Why would we stop? Exactly. Um, was there anything else you want to plug or mention uh, before we get out of here? Or uh... um, The only thing that I would like to say is uh, the comic 41. Yes. Is, uh, it's go to 41comic.com. It will be out November 9th. It's a good story if you like kind of a run and gun, kind of shoot 'em up, a post apocalyptic world kind of thing. This is right up your alley. I think you'll dig it. So check it out. It's a lot of fun. And the art's fantastic. Issue one is drawn by a guy named Pablo Pepino that drew us Marvel Story. He drew a Son of Satan eight pager. And but then his his work schedule just got too much, so I found another guy out of England by the name of Alexander Singleton who just works brilliantly and the art's fantastic and the story's good. So go to uh, 41comic.com to check out all the information. We have a Facebook page you can check out, too. And, uh, yeah, man, so it'll be out November 9th. I'm, ex- I'm super excited about it, and uh, I think it's good. And that's all that matters, I guess, at the end of the day. No, yeah, yeah. And uh, as someone who read the first issue, I can also get behind that and say it's a wonderful comic series. I, I'm, I'm pumped to get uh, issue four. Uh, when I get here in a few days, and I, I can't wait for it. Um, for those who've listened to tonight's episode uh, and, and interested more about Bob's stuff, again, we, we, if you hadn't heard us a million times, say it already. Don't worry. <laughs> we'll put it in the, the show notes. We'll have all the links there. So you can just go to gbgpodcast.com or through iTunes and just click on the link. There you go. And you oh. can just go right to Bob's podcast and just start listening right there. Yes, uh, sir. And uh, we're going to have you on an episode of Door Trek soon, yes? Yes, indeed. I'm very okay. excited. I can't wait. That's going to be really awesome. I'm super excited about it. I can't do it because, again, it's one of those hidden gems of my childhood that I, I did. I greatly enjoyed watching Star Trek uh, Next Generation. And it, and I think, again, it's one of those things that helps you make you a, become a better geek in a way. Because, again, you <laughs> – no, and I say that sincerely because, you know, yeah, Star Wars is science fantasy. You said that eloquently. I, I've never heard it said that way before. But science fantasy is Star Wars. But science fiction, it really makes you appreciate, you know, and Gene Roddenberry's whole goal was that was with that to, you know – Think of a little bit more, you know, more great ways to communicate with other human beings and race relations, all that stuff, in a guise of, you know, sci-fi. It's fucking brilliant. And, you know, you have androids. What more can you fucking ask for than that in a fucking awesome ship called the Enterprise? Yep, it's it's pretty great, man. So Yeah. Um, If you'd like to contact us on the show, uh, voicemail 614-364-4088 or goodbaggeeky at gmail.com. Or uh, follow us on Twitter at GoodBadGeeky. And matter of fact, every Friday I, I throw out links to, to Bob's uh, many podcasts and Bob himself on Twitter so we can follow him there on Follow Friday. So uh, thanks again, Mr. Bob Fresh, for doing our awesome show. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Go ahead!
have some coffee with cream or something because I'll tell you something. This is a happy place. I now bring to you Jerome Wessel Jerome Wessel TV. Three. Two, <laughs> three, two, shut up! Be professional, damn it. Three, two, one.